All right, we are back for a audio version because this is a longer read and some of you don't like to read, so I'm facilitating your, let's say, laziness. So my first scientific publication is out and in this article, I will explain what it said. Um, you can also click the link in the article to read the PDF itself. But for those who don't like academic papers, here's a non-academic take with some extra bonus rants. So what does a good entrepreneurship program do? There are three types of entrepreneurship educations at universities. So there's theoretical courses where you read papers and books on entrepreneurship theory, and you're asked to reproduce that information at an exam. Basically, you acquire theoretical knowledge on entrepreneurship. Then there's these business plan courses where you write a business plan for 10 weeks and you submit a business plan. And you get practical knowledge on writing a business plan. And then there's venture building courses where you design or a product or a service by engaging with potential customers and stakeholders in order to launch actual businesses. Here you get practical knowledge on building ventures. So theoretical axioms don't make you a better entrepreneur per se. Um, it's an academic endeavor to make sure students read the papers. It might be that you don't like the type of education and I'm not a fan of axioms like that either. There is value in discussions of theories. Furthermore, I believe writing essays allows one to deeply understand said theories. But if you want to be a better entrepreneur, quite some academic theories are hard to apply directly. Nevertheless, my beef is mostly with the business plan courses. This is because it gives students the impression that writing a business plan for 10 weeks is time well spent in building a venture. Most plans are built on assumptions and 90% of the plan can be scrapped after the first customer contact, if that ever, ever happens. I'm a fan of venture building courses, even though those courses are the rarest in universities. A 2012 US study found about 15% of the courses and then I'm interpreting that data quite freely. Why am I a fan of such a course? Because it teaches students how to launch a business. In the course I teach, we've got a 22% survival rate meaning 22% of the ventures launched in the course are still alive. So fuck business plans. We don't write business plans in my course. So if you want to understand students to get practical knowledge on doing a certain task, we should understand the nature of said task. Here, is, here the task is getting to the first phase of launching a business. What is that first phase like? Well, it's utter chaos. There are so many things unclear. You hardly understand what product you are building and for whom. A lot of things need to be determined. It's like the start of thinking about what to cook tonight. The options are endless. Theoretically speaking, characteristics of such a situation are high uncertainty, high unclarity, and high undeterminedness. These characteristics are a problem because it hinders you to get further. Without defining your product, you will not build a business. Such a problematic situation with high unclarity, high uncertainty, and high undeterminedness is what academics and designers call a design problem. And a design problem can only be solved by interacting with it. It's different from a mathematical problem, which you can analyze from behind your desk. You can't analyze your way out of a design problem. For example, you can't determine and validate your customer segment without interacting with potential customers. You can declare your customer segment, like, I declare young urban professionals as our customer segment. But it will be one, top-down bullshit, and two, a superficial definition of your customer segment. Now, venture building is a design process. You don't just design the, the product, you're designing your startup as you talk with customers. 
You are designing your startup as you talk with suppliers. You're designing your startup as you make your first revenue model to check if you're profitable. Designing is this immersive activity that aims to integrate all these elements. A couple of weeks ago, I showed you how Flowline and a startup through continuous engagement with their customer, defined their customer and made decisions on their business model, including value proposition. And I, as I said last week, making decisions equals progress. And this is why I'm a fan of venture building courses. Because it's immersive, they get the right data to make decisions and make actual process, progress. They get as close to actual entrepreneurial experience as you can get by launching actual businesses through design. So should we then include design thinking in entrepreneurship courses, those five steps to design cool things? No, design thinking and design are not the same thing. Design thinking is a management fad, a simple recipe to arrive at a solution. It was created as a reflection of what a full-fledged design process looks like. Today, it's used as a cookbook for designing funky and playful products. In practice, it's an hour-long session where you play with post-its. It mostly designs bad products, such as the play pump, a well-intended but awful performing water pump for Africa. The biggest issue with most applications of design thinking method is that it doesn't get beyond ideation, such as in the world savior circle jerk as the SDG global goals gem, where the result is a bunch of post-its with ideas. Why so cynical, Jeroen? Isn't it good that people are trying to design a better world? There's nothing wrong with the intention. However, in a lot of cases, the people that use a method like design thinking are very new to designing. And by focusing so much on ideation, millions of people are taught that an idea is all it takes. Any founder will tell you that an idea is at most 10% of the value you generate. It's similar to my beef with business plan writing courses. It just sets the wrong example. So you should not enable design thinking. You should enable designerly behavior. That's interacting with an open mindset with customers and other stakeholders. It should embrace a fluidity around designing the entire startup, not just the product. So here are six things that most courses get wrong when they're trying to build a venture building course. First one is the lack of the out of the building mentality. I have seen programs where the first customer reach out is in week eight. In the first four weeks, they analyze markets like an MBA program. Then they design solutions based on assumptions. The odds of designing something that could work or avoiding Swiss army knives is, are low. I've spoken to course coordinators that say, yes, we try to motivate them to reach out, but they don't do it. Well, teacher, are you grading them on customer contact? No, guess what students optimize for? It's about incentives. I designed a Talta course where I set the requirement to do four experiments in four weeks. Guess what? 90% of the students ran four experiments. Yeah, it's, it's so simple. Uh, two is the lack of mentorship. So research has shown that coachable founders with mentors outperform those without mentors. If you're designing a business for the first time, you lack a conceptual idea of what should be integrated into a startup. In quite some venture building courses, there's limited one-on-one -on -one input from experts. Mentors speed up this process. If you have a course of 10 weeks and students don't speak to any mentor for 10 weeks, their pace will be very low. For a lack of teaching staff, sometimes students are asked to give feedbacks to each other. Although this is valuable, this contemplates talking to someone who has built three ventures already. Third point is too little time, because building a venture takes time. 
There are programs that try to squeeze venture building into four hours per week, three hours of workshop, one hour of doing homework. It's like a side program, a nice to have thing. They don't learn, <laughs> they won't learn about any actual venture building. Most likely they are filling a business model canvas with assumptions over six weeks. Whoop de doo. Don't expect venture building if you do this. The, my fourth issue I often see is boilerplate linear phased programs. That's a mouthful. Well, let me explain. So launching a startup is chaotic. A little bit like how I'm ranting on in this article. What I'm seeing in my data that I'm analyzing for my research right now is that in week one can already contain discussions on customers, competitors, products, revenue models, and legal stuff. And you know what? They don't come in neatly one by one in a logical order. Because what about, what is hard about startups is that that chaos is unpredictable. That means that for some startups, the revenue model will be the most important where the product is quite clear and vice versa. And I've seen programs that don't allow for flexibility on this. They force you to a boilerplate and this makes the boilerplate relevant for about 40% of the best. The rest is either behind or ahead of the curve. A program can have planned workshop, that's not the issue, but it should have enough time for founders to do what is most, most important for their business right now. That will not always align with the planned workshops and that is okay. The fifth one is a strict focus on SDGs or world savior problems. I see this a lot. So as I often write, having a good problem to solve is important, yet it's also very hard to have a good problem. As a result, some educators supply problems of our society, such as income inequality or ecological issues for startups. I've heard feedback from students in my faculty that they are so done with trying to fix the world's inequalities or other SDGs with innovations. Some of these problems are extremely hard to solve, such as income inequality, let alone to be done by a group of inexperienced students. The result is, is that they get either demotivated or depressed because they realize they can't solve the problems that they have been tasked with, or they cook up lucid pipe dreams of solutions that are impossible to realize. What helps is to either get actual problems from industry or let students come up with their own projects rather than forcing them to solve a specific problem. And then in the end, number six, it's all about motivation and momentum. And this is the hardest. Compulsory programs force entire faculties into entrepreneurship. And if you don't want to build a business, a business will not be built. It's that easy. Uh, most struggling students startups lack motivation. They wing it like a course that you just need to finish and this is unavoidable. However, to decrease this, you can give students freedom. Freedom to choose is what motivates students. Like the previous point, having them to work on their own idea or problem can increase motivation. Frequent expert or mentor meetings gives energies to teams. Out of the building activities, although scary at first, give students positive feedback from customers. And this is extremely motivating. You know what isn't motivating? Completing homework assignments each week that distract from venture building. Make sure that the homework assignments contribute to venture building and not abstract learning points. Now, not all points I'm making here appear in my publication, but I felt, hey, while well, I'm at it, let's give some extra pointers. This was the audio version of the article. If you like it, please vote. Um, and do you want to know how far you are from product market fit? There's a link in the article where you can get a free assessment of your startup. Don't buy me. Okay, thanks for listening. Goodbye.